0: Hi, I'm Michael. I'm one of the pastors at Victory, and I'm also the missions director. As a church, we are committed to answer God's call to reach every nation. I hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Welcome, everyone. Uh, This is now our second week of this series called Awesome God. This is our Every Nation Global Sermon Series it is done across the world in all the every nation churches, and we're glad to be part of it. This time, just as we focus focused on the life of uh, a person, a very significant person in Genesis, this time we're going to focus on the life of the most significant person, one of the significant people in the book of Judges. Besides Deborah, Deborah and Barak, besides Samson, it's actually the life of Gideon. We're gonna look at that right now. Uh, Gideon. Uh, if 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 you're gonna look at the entire book of Judges, Judges had been summarized with that last statement mentioned in the last chapter, in the last verse of the book, which says, which says basically everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That statement was mentioned twice, and just to show you that Judges is one of the dark eras as far as the people of God is concerned. Yes, they're covenant people of God, but they have not done their part of the bargain. They have not done their part as far as the covenant relationship with God is concerned. There's always that part where you have uh, the privileges and yet at the same time obligation from your part But we realize, looking at the entire book, the nation of Israel had not only that they have have failed to fulfill their obligations, but they have done the worst as far as their part of the covenant is concerned. So now people are wondering, how come this thing is happening to us? Now we're going to look at that, and sometimes we can also relate that to what's happening in our lives today. We can say, why is why is this thing happening to us? If really, if God really cares for us, why is he allowing this this situation to happen in the entire globe at this time? Well, we see this uh, and we see this and we can hear this sentiment in the statements in the narrative of, of, of Gideon, and we're gonna look at that right now. Now as as we go on and move into this one of the significant aspects that I'd like us to also go uh, uh, discover is that the idea that Gideon had made it in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32. He had become part of the list of people in the hall of faith. And we will try to decipher how did he make it on that list? Why did he make it on that list? We'll discover, we'll find out, and now we're ready to hear. And re- let our lives be seen through the lenses of this narrative and may we learn our lessons and from there be able to have a sense of gratitude to the goodness of God. Here are, here are reasons why we have to learn to gravitate towards God and His goodness at this time. And here are some of these reasons why we need to do that and run to God. And that's basically the main point of Awesome God series. We are here to magnify the attributes of God. It's not about the cleverness of men, but it's the goodness of God and His attributes. And we're going to try to decipher those attributes as we go to the narrative. And the first reason why we have to gravitate towards God in times of dark situations is number one, God chastises His people for their sin to bring them back to Himself. One of the reasons why uh, He is uh, with us and is in, 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 in a covenant relationship with God is that it's part of that covenant relationship, the word discipline. For us, sometimes we think discipline is something that is not supposed to be mentioned in a relationship. But, Uh, you know, we all know that that is not true. In a covenant relationship with God, chastisement is part of it. And we have seen this happen right here. And especially if we look at verse 1, let's look at that right now. Chapter 6, verse 1, it says, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. That's done. I want you to look at the second statement that you may have a hard time understanding. The Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. Now, now, think about it. Who gave Israelites to the Midianites? It's God Himself. Sometimes, sometimes we can blame the devil for the things that have been happening in our lives. But we see in this passage of the Scripture, the one in charge of bringing them to the hand of the Midianites it was God Himself. By the way, Midian, the Midianites, or the, uh, their ancestor Median is actually the son of, uh, of Abraham to the second wife, uh, not to uh, uh, Hagar, which we're going to be talking about that next week, but to uh, the other uh, wife. And, and so uh, that's Median. And they have become an instrument of God at this part, at this season in the life of Israel so that it would bring discipline, to the people of God. And in verse 2, And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and, beca- and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains, in the caves, in the strongholds. Some of you might ask, why did the Lord, di- uh, why did He do this? Why did He allow this to happen? Well, if He didn't, if He didn't give them to the hands of the Midianites, the people of God could have been in a worse situation. They could not have had the chance to humble themselves and run to God. God, God is like our Father in heaven. I like how it was mentioned in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves. Some of us, we can't fathom that, that discipline is part of love. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. For it is for for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, and what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Once again, we are children of God in a covenant relationship with God and discipline is just part of it. And I can go on up to verse 11, but, uh, but that's just to show us the reason why we run to God is because we are, He's our Father and He is able to express that love through discipline in order for us not to get even more wayward in our ways in order to bring us back to Himself. God chastises His people for their sin to bring them back to Himself. Seven years. It took them seven years. One year could have been enough. Some of you were wondering that the pandemic could have just lasted for one month. But we're still into it. It's not even one year yet. Could you imagine seven years of every time they would try to harvest, the Midianites would come and steal their harvests. They didn't necessarily occupy the land. They would only show up when things are happening in the harvests. The Midianites would come and steal, uh, steal from them. No wonder why we see uh, uh, Gideon, uh, Gideon doing his part and hiding in a wine press, thresh, threshing the wheat. You're not supposed to be threshing the wheat in the wine press in a low land. You're supposed to thresh the wheat in a hilly part so that the wind can separate the chaff. But he can't do that. If he would bring his harvest and thresh the wheat in that part of the hilly part of of the mountain, then he would be discovered by the Midianites. He has to do it somewhere where he could hide in a wine press. Instead of making wine, he's threshing the wheat so that he won't be discovered. That's how bad the situation was. But nevertheless, Gideon was a responsible person. He wanted to do something in in the midst of that to help his family. And so we see that and it's basically exposed the sins of of Israelites and the sin of ingratitude as God recounts all that he has done for them in delivering them from Egypt and giving them to the land. God reminds them of, of, uh, although he had forbidden them in the clearest possible terms to worship other gods, they have run into idolatry, not only ingratitude, but but idolatry, and the other one is all this has been worsened by their impenitence, not willing to repent, and so the ground and and so but but the people of God would try to come to Him and appeal, uh, not in their humanity. pagka if, if if just a person have done something wrong. He would say, Tao lang Po. They would appeal in their humanity. But they didn't even appeal in their humanity. They tried to appeal uh, in their covenant relationship with the Lord. But they have forgotten. What, what, what they had forgotten was that covenant privileges presuppose the fulfillment of the covenant obligations, which Israel had not only failed to keep but vigorously transgressed. There's always that obligation, but they were not able to do it. So at this point, we don't even know what God would do. It's almost like a chess, a, a checkmate on a, when you're playing a chess. You're in covenant relationship with God, but you're not able to do your part. What are we going to do about it now? But something happened. The turnaround that happened and... And we see that starting in verse 11, and the second reason why we run to God, not only that because He loves us and He disciplines us, but because God calls His people for the service He has prepared for them. God calls His people, not only chastises uh, them, but He calls them for the service He has prepared for them. I want us to look at verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the at uh, Terebinth at Ephra, which belonged to Joas the Abisharite, while his son Gideon's, Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "The Lord is with you, O, o mighty man of valor." Now I want you to take note of that, mighty man of valor. How can this guy be mighty as a mighty man of valor if he's hiding? And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then shall, uh, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these, his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring, bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forgotten us and given us into the hand of the Median. And the Lord turned to him and said, go, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send, I send you. What an amazing uh, response uh, to Gideon. And the angel basically showed up to him and, and called him something that he might not yet, a man of valor, but he already has spoken that to him. You're a man of valor, a man of courage. You know by hearing that, you know already that there's going to be something that uh, you're about to face. And you needed that kind of courage because you're about to face something. And, and uh, but I want you to notice how Gideon responded. He responded in, in words of doubt. That's why I wonder why he made it in Hebrews 11.32. But he says, if, Why? where, all these questions of if. But he knew his history. He knew his covenant relationship with God in history, in the book of Genesis. He was aware of it. And after asking all those questions, the Lord replied in verse 14 and very simply said, go in this might of yours kind of might, it's not the might that we think, with all the marvel heroes, you know they have their own different ways of expressing their might, but what is this might that the scriptures, that the angel is trying to say about Gideon, I believe the angel saw the sense of might that he possessed during that time, but it's it's a might of humility it's a might of care for his people a might that has something to do with this knowledge about history, about God's love shown in history. And he has heard about those stories upon stories on how the Lord had dealt with God's people in in, in covenant relationship with with them. And his commitment to provide for his family in spite of this dark situation that the nation of Israel was in. That could have been what the angel is trying to describe as might. I think it'd be good for us, it behooves us to also examine our hearts. Are we men and women of might? Do we have humility? Do we have care? Do we know the scriptures? Do we know our history? Yes, he was hiding, but at the same time, he knew and he cares and he is humble enough. And he he had knowledge and he's committed uh, uh, to his nation, and so the Lord had called him, and I believe, you know, some of us uh, we can look at our situation and and start thinking about other people should be doing this and should be doing that, but the Lord said, "I'm calling you. I'm sending you." Uh, uh, Lord, are you, are you talking to me? I, I mean, I could imagine him looking over his shoulder, trying to find out who else was there with him on the wine press. But the Lord was truly talking to him. And how did the Lord convince him? Number three, not only did the Lord chastise us, but also the Lord calls us. But not only that he calls us in the midst of a dark situation we are in, he also comes alongside his people to assure them of victory. He comes alongside us He's not just calling us and then leave leave us behind, but he comes alongside his people to assure them of victory. Let's look at verse 17. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that is in you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. So Gideon basically went into the house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour and meat he put in a basket and brought to put uh, in a pot and, and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented them. And the angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on, the, on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the Staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and then living cakes and fire sprang out from the rock and consumed the meat and then living cakes and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. What a, you know, we talked about it even in the life of Moses when he was called to the top of that mountain, when he was called of God to do something that is so massive. And yet the first thing God told him, "On your knees, you are in a holy ground. Remove your sandals." Once again, the key to Christian service is worship. And we see here Gideon himself, he made an altar before God and acknowledged the visitor that the God had showed up, and basically that visitor had told him, saying, and, and verse 22, and then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He said that because he had the knowledge that he can't see God and live. And yet he was able to see the angel face to face. And so, but the the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. Once again, do not fear. That's the kind of uh, message that the Lord was telling Gideon. That's, uh, that's why before that, he said, you're a man of valor, you're a man of courage. And then later part, he says, do not fear. We're going to talk about that even uh, afterwards when he started calling all those thousands of soldiers when they're about to go and drink water, those who were fearful, left. So this is, this is connected. When he says, you man of valor. We're living in a time when people are in fear. And yet God is saying, You're a man of valor. Be courageous. Do not fear. As we start the year, let's be reminded once again. The word fear not was mentioned 365 times in the Bible. Let's be reminded every day we have a dose. I take my vitamins every day. You know those daily vitamins? I take that two capsules a day. And you know what? There's another capsule you have to take. The fear not capsule. Because God, he said... He says, he says, Alas, Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it still stands at opera, which belongs to the Ab- rite. He had the revelation of God. That the God had come alongside him and he revealed himself to him and he made that conclusion after hearing from God, from the angel, do not fear for I'll be with you. He made a revelation, a conclusion that God is Jehovah Shalom. God is a God of peace. It's just something, you know, it's like the Lord telling him, you know, you're, you're a man of valor because it's so dark, there's so many enemies, you don't have to fear. Now he's saying he's a God of peace, and yet we all know that right after this, he was sent for war. <laughs> how can you be, how can you have a revelation of God being in peace, and yet you're being sent to war and destroy all those uh, Baal uh, altars? But nevertheless, we're not going to get into that right now. Our goal in this series, in this message today, is for us to be able to know God more in a greater measure. As much as Gideon discovered God as a man, as a God of peace, may we all receive him today as our shalom. Like a kid who's about to sleep, who needed that sense sense of security from his father. And his father said, I think we've had that story of, of, of a father who would always be with his, with his son every night. Every night he, he would leave him in his room. But before that, the son would always ask the dad and says, Dad, would you please stay? And he would stay. And the son would always smell his shirt. And he would grab his dad and smell his shirt. And the dad noticed it every night. It's almost like a routine for him. Then finally he discovered something. One night, he left his shirt and let his son wore it. God wants to come alongside us in our times, in our, in our darkest hour, in our deepest fears. God wants to be there with us. As we end, I like how Oswald Chambers uh, said it as far as a challenge for us when we are called of God as a, as a church, as a as people. He said, The curse of Matt's modern Christian work is its determination to preserve itself. Yes, for him it's a curse for people just to keep themselves and not respond. But thanks be to God that Gideon responded at this time, at this hour, and had become a model judge during the time when people are just doing things in their own own eyes. And as I end, I want to say this. Even in our darkest hour, when things seem out of control, God's goodness and peace still shine brightly on us. Let's be reminded of that. That even in our darkest hour, when things seem out of control, God's goodness and peace still shine brightly on you and I. I want us to pray right now and thank God. For who He is, truly, is a God of peace. Father God, thank You for this precious moment that You've given us. Thank You, Lord, for even in the midst of pandemic, Lord, we're not saying seven years, we're not saying, some people are even saying it would take 10 years before things would be normalized. But Lord, for us, we're grateful that You are in our hearts and we, You are able, Lord, to assure us and come alongside us. Lord, whatever it may be that people of the world are experiencing, we know, Lord God, that you are calling your people, uh, Lord, in, even in, time, in the darkest hour, darkest time in the life of your people, that you're calling your people, Lord God, for a reason and for a purpose. And as, you, as we see and as we worship you, even this week, as we go through prayer, Five days of prayer and fasting as we globally pray and fast from Monday up to Friday, as we come together tomorrow, starting tomorrow up to Friday, as we pray and fast. Lord God, we pray that we, uh, Lord, as we kickstart even the year of 2021, as we go to prayer and fasting, this is, this is like what Gideon did, Lord. He made an altar of the Lord, provided Lord God, uh, uh, food on that rock. And God touched that offering and it became an altar and became a place of worship. May we also, Lord God, have this altar this week being put up, Lord, as we seek you sincerely from the bottom of our hearts, praying and fasting as your people, Lord, here in victory. May we, Lord, Have that same revelation that Gideon had. Truly, God is a God of peace. Lord God, may the peace of the Lord, Lord, permeate our hearts. Even as we come and worship you, even as we come and pray and fast this week, may each and every one discover your goodness and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join a victory group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.